Ah, there we go. I think we're all sat down and ready to go now. It's Johnny. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, Keith. Thank you very much for having me on. <laughs> no, second time we've had to do this. <laughs> yeah. I think after that kind of San Miguel, I think I'm getting a bit finger happy. <laughs> you know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so, Johnny, I work with you, um, and you're here because uh, I kind of deem you quite interesting for uh, my Shades of Gay podcast. You're very kind. You're very kind. <laughs> We'll soon we'll find out. Anyway, our listeners can uh, let us know on the comments if uh, you find our Johnny interesting. And uh, you are listening to Jays Are Gay, and you'll find us on iTunes or Spotify. So, any summer fun this year? Festivals, sunshine, partying? Any reasons to check your status? With a BioSure HIV self-test, it really has never been easier. Taking control and knowing your status is simple. Test where you want, when you want, and with who you want. Your easy-to-read result is ready in just a few minutes. No waiting, no fuss, no HIV test is easier. Order your BioSure HIV self-test today. It's delivered next day in discreet packaging and fits through your letterbox. Or pick up in your local Boots or Superdrug pharmacy. Visit hivselftest.co.uk and be sure, be BioSure. hivselftest.co.uk Oh, that's worth from our uh, advertising sponsors there. But have you been uh, HIV tested ever? No, I'm ashamed to say. Actually, I wow. never, I never did. I never, I've never been tested. And I'm like, I, it's a foolish opinion, okay? And I know that this is like a really stupid thing to say. But well, I was be, before I'd met my uh, my ex, which was a very, very long relationship. I'd been with so few people, and in such <laughs> and in such a limited way that I thought, you know, it's like, oh, which is a silly idea, you know. No, no, it's fine. Since I mean, then, no, never. But my current girlfriend has been tested quite a few times. She's big into her sexual health. Wow. When it comes back good for her, you know, each time, I'm thinking, okay, well, again, maybe I'm wrong in this opinion, but if she comes back totally fine, it'd be a safe, safe assumption that I'm totally fine. So yeah, yeah, Please so correct you, me on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, from what you're saying, you're basically saying you don't do anything with anyone outside of relationships. Oh, 100%, yeah, no way. So you want them to do the testing and you don't? Well... No, I mean, I'll do a test, no problem. How about any other kind of STDs? Have you tested for anything? Nothing, no, never. Jeez, you could be riddled, love. Yeah, it's possible. But like I say, if, I mean, isn't it, is it not true if she comes back totally fine? <laughs> I don't know what's happened to you. You've been telling me about some of your parties you've been coming, you, you've gone to, you've maybe woken up and who knows what goes on. Uh, so yeah, do check out um, Superdrug or on the HIV self-test or Boots to get one of those. I think it's really good that you can get a, an instant HIV test like within within minutes. Seems great. Seems really good. Yeah. Discreet packaging as well. I was thinking to myself, that's handy. <laughs> well, you don't, um, you don't test. In, I know, but at the same time, why make it discreet? Put it on it. Put it on it. Yeah, that's <laughs> and then you won't have idiots like me developing their, their own <laughs> un- thought no. out opinions about it. Nothing. Well, if you've done nothing to, to, to warrant actually testing, then I'm guessing it's all right. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, welcome, Johnny. We, uh, we are talking to you because, uh, well, what, you're Irish. Not talking to you because you are Irish, but you are it's Irish. Worth it. It's worth it a lot. But it is. It is. So you can like literally sit down there with a can of Guinness and uh, enjoy <laughs> listening to this podcast. Now, are you, are you from the, the region of Guinness area? Whereabouts in Ireland are you from? I'm from Dublin, but I grew up in the countryside. I grew up in a place called Navan, which is famous for two things. It's famous for zinc, which is, which is a well, mineral. Your mind, oh, shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. yeah, I, I couldn't read your face there. He was like either famous 
or what is zinc? <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and the I second my, thing. My IQ is not a massive, but I know what zinc is. <laughs> Sorry, and I was thinking, why the fuck would a place be famous for zinc? It's not. Who wants zinc? That's a joke. <laughs> and Pierce Brosnan is the second famous thing. Oh, well, yeah, we can bypass that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up there, but from the north side of Dublin. Um, moved to the countryside when I was a kid, and I absolutely hated it. Why? It's just the worst thing. Well, you know, certain parts of Ireland are very kind of sports and community driven and if you don't do sports and you're not from that particular community you might have a hard time of it it's pretty rural as well okay. growing up in yeah but you know dublin's nice although i think maybe i've said it to yourself that i would not recommend any person visit dublin for their first trip to ireland and particularly if you're from the uk there are yeah. much part much nicer uh parts of <laughs> like England. Ireland yeah no you know like uh, there's a particular <laughs> spot called uh, a town called Killarney in County Kerry yeah that's unbelievable it's like real deal stuff Dublin so much you know large parts of it look like Camden and the parts that don't look like Camden kind of look like Leicester Square I find oh, anyway okay. so if for a first visit you know, there's better places you were talking about Camden you, you, you were a goth though at some point you told me earlier <laughs> so shouldn't you be right at home in Dublin then yeah I spent I spent much a large part of my like teen years I'd say maybe 15 to nineteen twenty. I had um, black nail varnish was a regular thing fishnets on my arms that was a good one uh, uh, uh. <laughs> was, was, you repel- was you rebelling against yourself then or was it what, why did you become a goth it was just a group of friends that I uh, had become friendly with in secondary school. There was always, to each to each one of us, and there's still friends that I'm the best of mates with now, there was a certain edge. So one guy had one thing. <laughs> Chick had one thing. One other guy had one thing. And I was just the uh, kind of acid green electro um, goth, <laughs> if wow. that's even a thing. But I it's still having a little bit of a resurgence at the moment. If you look for that, it's out there. The acid, on Google, on acid green goth. Yeah, have you seen these memes about, you know, goths dancing underneath, you know, raving underneath car parks and oh. underneath road bridges? It's a thing, yeah. Oh, what, what kind of, what, how do you search for that? On, I'm on not like, sure. What's that? Acid green goth car park okay. rave. And, and just an FYI, you've got, probably got an image of uh, Johnny from Dublin being a goth, but you actually sat there wearing a Mountain Dew t-shirts that's quite different from like being a goth rebelling against society to actually promoting a, a kind of drink yeah well i'm subverting it <laughs> you know and I, i'll give you full um full info on this t-shirt i got it at christmas in target for a dollar okay wait a, minute. <laughs> so a, do- a whole dollar <laughs> a single book <laughs> i've got i've got one in there which is the similar kind of color but it says sprite across it all oh, right there you go all right. yeah, yeah and i once tweeted i once tweeted sprite going oh look what i've got you know thinking they'd go oh my god you're so amazing they went Nothing. <laughs> Complete sight. I think I even got blocked from those. Mm. Well, yeah. I do find <laughs> the thing about my fashion changes an awful lot. Yeah. My, um, I used to, long before we'd met, I would very regularly have an enormous beard. Like, if, <laughs> like it's like, it would go like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would go, you know, I'd, I'd push almost a foot long and my, I'd look like, how do I say this? Um, early years, Kings of Leon was like a staple look for me okay. for about 10 to 15 years. But it was largely because my ex really liked that vibe, which is difficult because I've so, I've come to realise since that she can't be trusted. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my, girl, my current girlfriend likes me to dress in a particular way, and yeah. I think that that's a pretty hip way. But yeah. Now, what if I find out that my next girlfriend tells me that that was actually I'm joking, of course, oh, but you know, in the terms of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what if my an ex lady was to tell me, oh, that's really bad. You look, you look awful." 
I hope your I hope your current lady is not listening to you right no, now. No, no, she knows. You know, it's fine. Yeah, I'm talking about. I mean, people listening to that are going, why is it called Shades of Grey then? So if we're going to, I think when I first met you, I kind of just saw you as this Irish lad, got some good opinions, and and. Um, Quite opinionated as well, which is quite good. And and uh, but when we was talking about this podcast, you actually opened up quite a bit about yourself and your family life and things like that. So growing up there, you kind of said that your, um, I mean, as as a child, your parents had a kind of good relationship, a rocky relationship. How did you first see them when you're thinking about your parents? I think they had a dreadful relationship, <laughs> really, really bad. I would say. Um, but did you feel that from an early age? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there were um i suppose two very passionate people and very kind of there would never be discreet in their arguments there was never um any kind of sense of hiding arguments or rows or the things that would be said uh, within those arguments and rows from us kids myself and my younger sister she's two years older and younger than me okay is, is that an i would you say that was an irish family thing or is that I mean, just your family. It's often said that Irish people are loud and, you know, passionate mm. and yeah, right. <laughs> argumentative. I've seen so the Irish people I work with at work, you and others. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's probably a amount of truth to that. Um, maybe it was them. Maybe it was also just the the stress and annoyance of it. That it's often very difficult to put rows off. Yeah. And but, particularly if uh, the subject matter is strong enough. Yeah. Just gonna but what, what kind of thing were the rowing about? Was it... Just when general I think stuff back, it was probably money. It was probably just annoyance with each other that would that would kind of maybe like manifested mm-hmm. in one thing or another. So that they would perhaps um, justify their opinions of each other based on behavior yeah. left and right. So like a classic thing, say for example, if we were a family do, I remember specifically that. My father didn't drink when we were growing up at all. I've always known my father to be a teetotaler. Is it, he's not Irish then, no? No, he certainly is. Oh, really? Wow. I remember like a big point of contention for him would be my mother's behavior with a few drinks in her. And that's okay. That's like so typical. <laughs> if, my, if I was to try and give my girlfriend or my ex-wife stick about their behavior when they were drunk, it'd be like, it's such a... Come on, try harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is 1986, of course. So, <laughs> so the, the all arguing between your parents, I guess, then it wasn't just because you told me that at some point. What age was it when your dad came out? Um, well, I say when we found out, it was about 11, 12, certainly not a teenager. So somewhere between 10, 11, 12, I would say. How is it so that we're going back about 30 years now? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Well, hang on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> But we're, go- we're going back Ireland, like 11, 12. Now you're 36 36, yeah. at the moment. So we're, t- we're talking, I mean, what was it like back then to, to know gays back then in Ireland? Is it something accepted or? Yeah, I mean, I would like to think that they are, but I suppose legis- legislatively, what's the word? Legislatively. <laughs> like, you know, Irish um, society certainly didn't have um, the... the uh, best for gay people in mind although yeah. in Dublin there was certainly gay clubs and there was like gay people on TV yeah I, it's oh, kind of no. difficult to say <laughs> you know oh, no. oh they're on TV <laughs> yeah flip the channel and you see them on TV <laughs> I mean it's difficult to say um, at the time I can't remember at a, as a child having one opinion like having an opinion one way or another which I suppose like a, a mm. kid at 11, 12, 13 might, might in fact but I don't actually remember having a Positive or a negative okay. opinion, just kind of like a yeah, it's a thing. 
So when your dad, I mean, how did it come out in, in, in a conversation? Because I'm, I'm guessing that he was e-wigging on, on oh, the Oh, yeah, it came out in a row. Did it? came out in a row. How did that happen? Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the row started, but I do remember my parents rowing, and I'm ashamed to say, and I, you know, my mother did, she wasn't being very kind to, to him. If yeah. you were to, in a modern context, I think some of the things that she was saying would be, Drastically homophobic and unacceptable, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it came out um, yeah. for me, myself, and my sister. And in terms of like, I would say with my dad, there was never kind of like a big tearful, tearful conversation by a lake where he tells us who he is and okay. what he's about. Yeah, it's you know in, in a classic Irish fashion, it was just kind of like left sit and never rediscussed, yeah. and then through time became a thing. But and then not a thing. What was it still? So when this <laughs> argument happened with your mother and your father, and you f- kind of found out that he was he's gay, then did they stay together? How, when did the relationship break up? Um, well, they're still married. <laughs> Bizarrely, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're strangely still married. Yeah. Um, I don't like my. Maybe it's a religion thing. I don't. I would never have taught my parents to be particularly hung up on religious things. Okay. But I always got the sense that actually the reason why they've never divorced is because they, being from a particular generation, might have a stigma connected with divorce. You know, it's only, it's only, yeah, of course. it sounds like a short time, but it's only within the last 15 years that divorce has been um, legal in Ireland. Wow. And, you know, people from small towns talk. So yeah, it's a weird thing to tell you. They're still actually married. Yeah, but okay, yeah, and I, I understand then if there's a stigma around that in Ireland. But you're you're married. But a conversation we had earlier is that your dad's had boyfriends and your yeah. mum's got boyfriends. Yeah. What stigma is around married couple having boyfriends? <laughs> Not Nothing. At all in Ireland. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird yeah. thing to tell you. Okay. Um, yeah, but so you you, you touched on that, and I, I'll. I'll speak about that again. My mother's boyfriend for quite some time was a priest, and I—it's kind of a weird <laughs> thing to say when I when I say it out loud like that. You would kind of think that that's a, like a—it's been an unusual thing to come out with. Yeah, but it's not a thing. For, it's not a thing for me at all. It sounds unusual, but I know both of them pretty well, mm. and, and knowing both of them pretty well doesn't seem all that unusual. No, I, I suppose if you're growing up something, if that if it becomes the norm, that's never going to be an issue for you, yeah. if that's the way it is. The thing that I find interesting is, one, the Irish side of things that you have. Your mum and dad, you've now found out your dad is gay. Um, your dad's, uh, we'll go into your dad having a bit boyfriends as well. Your mum is then going out with a priest who's relatively high up, who I'm guessing knows that she's still married. Yeah. Yeah, he knew my father as well. They were friends. <laughs> what large. village do you come from again? <laughs> <laughs> Navin, check it out. Google it. Okay. And, and this priest, I'm guessing, doesn't mind the situation that's going on here. No. It's a, it's a bit of a weird situation, though, no? Yeah, it is yeah. strange. It, uh, like, I would definitely, uh, definitely say it is unusual. But, the, you know, I would say there was never um, stigmatised when I, when I think about that. I'm not, I don't feel particularly shamed. Oh, my mother was. Oh, no. Uh, but some people will. And, you know, some people would have you believe that you should be shamed for that type of, you know, attitude. Yeah. I would say that I've, I've mentioned this to you before myself and my sister when we were growing up. We thought having a gay dad was the coolest thing ever. 
Yeah. Like it was the type of thing that you'd see in a Woody Allen movie, not Woody Allen movie, like a Robin Williams movie, like The Birdcage or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and also at the time, maybe I'm wrong, but my understanding of gay people within pop culture and of a, of a certain type, so like like Robin Williams movies from the 90s, yeah. it's a pretty hip vibe. Okay. So I like the idea of that as well as a kid. I remember thinking that it was pretty hip. Yeah. yeah. But I, do, is that hip because, I mean, if you took it back 10 years, like bef- when I was at university, the thing that changed the whole of people's opinions about gay life was definitely Queer as Folk for me. Right. Before that, you know, the Queer as Folk came out and suddenly you'd got uh, coach loads of hen parties going to Canal Street and all the soaps started having a gay character, granted they may be camp, you know, but we were, it was being recognised. So that was like 19... 19- Ninety seven or eight, something right. like that. Your parents, this happened in when? So I'm eleven. You're talking two thousand, some stage between two thousand, excuse me, nineteen ninety four and nineteen ninety six. Okay, so around about that time, where it's kind of still, maybe it's good that you found that it's quite cool to have then. Because yeah, I, I would say that that would be on the borderline of people still not quite liking. Oh, certainly, and particularly in Ireland, mm. you know, particularly in. The towns and communities we would have been living in and the type of job my father had. He was a prison officer for a long time, so that's going to be massively stigmatised too. If you, Wow, yeah. yeah. I'm sure even today, yeah, with the best will in the world, if somebody, you know, a stranger tells another stranger that they're a gay prison officer, that person's going to have some kind of image or a notion, rightly or wrong, rightly or wrongly, you want to know about wrongly. You know, that, that was it's still something that will happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. so from that then, I guess in uh, yourself, how do you Id- identify yourself as? I would say I'm bisexual. Yeah. You're a bisexual man. Mm. Now, did you, you were quite young when your father came out. So there was, I mean, we all know that there's no influences in family life that makes you gay, bi or straight. Um, but did that make it easier for you to tell anybody or not? I think it made it easier for me not to even think about it, to be honest. Well, yeah. Like, there was a stage when my peers in my teenage and 20s, there was, I would say, like, uh, bisexual interests, look liberties and behaviours, like the first ever um, dude I remember uh, fancying and saying it to, to my friends at the time who were, like, you know, grungy goths was your man yeah. from, uh, it's like, like, Maloko from, what's that band? Placebo. Okay. Wow. So he's okay, like, yeah. Well, yeah. And so I remember even speaking about it. But I suppose, like my, like daddy, I never had a sit down, heartfelt conversation with like my closest friends or peers. It just became a thing. Like okay. And you know, I suppose that uh, for like four people, there's a great amount of catharsis, perhaps, in that conversation. Okay. But then I would personally, I think, I might find it a frustration that if my friends don't know me well enough. Yeah. What do you mean? I need to tell you this? Shouldn't you? You know. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but people would either. Th- a lot of people still think nowadays that you're either gay or straight. That I don't think there's a, a, the question where people go, hmm, no, maybe he's bisexual. You know, it's you, a lot of people are still conditioned to thinking one thing yeah. or another. So how did back then? How did you explore your bisexuality then? How did that come about? I, to be honest, at the time I didn't. I just fancied guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, just, fa- just like them. <laughs> yeah, just like them, fancy them. Again, I'm I'm growing up in a in like a pretty rural area, and at the time I had what can only be described as debilitating acne. So my oh, yeah. you know my activity of any sexual nature was very very limited. There was <laughs> not out there at the time at all. Um, 
But you, you, you did say earlier about this, um, like a lot of people did, they went through this stage of having some kind of acne, but you had quite extreme acne, which affects you quite a lot, didn't it? Especially yeah. the medication you took. Yeah. So for a long time I had, you know, what could, yeah, like I say before, just described as like debilitating acne. I had, I think over the course of like 10 years, I've had about three or four different uh, dermatologists. Wow. My favourite of which, his name was Dermot Powell. I love the idea of like, a dermatologist. His name is Dermot. Dermot. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one particular um, super heavy drug at the time called uh, Roaccutane. It's yeah. a brand name for it. Accutane is the compound. Yeah. And so I was on that for close to maybe a year at some stage between 15 and 19. And at the time, there was a big spate of uh, suicides. Uh, as a result of the uh, um, side effects of this drug. But the problem is, and I explained to you earlier, it's, it's really odd that for some reason it's most effective on teenagers between the ages of 16 and 20. Yeah. And of course, like, they're all emotional wrecks, man. They haven't got a clue. <laughs> yeah. Then you add, you, you pile on electro got on top of that, you see. Yeah, I can say, because you, you, not only you're taking this drug that people commit suicide, you've had the fact that you've had your family issues, your goth, which... To me, any, any kind of a goth must be kind of rebelling against something within their life, I feel. I don't know, maybe. And then you, you, you're bisexual, you've got the acne, you're taking this medication. It all sounds like it could be quite a, a, a tough like teen, teenhood for you. No? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say on paper that that's what it would seem like. Uh, yeah, and, in the, and, in the, and in the talking, that's what it would seem like. But I don't know if I w- it's fair to describe it as, as that. No. I mean, I could. <laughs> well, you could, yeah, yeah. You could give us a whole big story about yeah, it. No. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like, yeah, okay, it seems like it's a heavy load, but I hope I've not depressed I, you from no, this. No, no, no. Yeah, maybe, you're, back. maybe, you're, maybe I just need a bit of reflection in my life, you know, because I've just been breezing through, going, yeah. everything's fine. Yeah. But did did that from taking that drug and it being quite depressive and stuff? Did that give you a lot of confidence issues, regardless of whether you want to go with girls or boys or experiment? Did did you have any issues leading into this? Would I have had confident issues? I, I mean, I might do. Again, a, somebody with that type of training could look at it and go, of course you do. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say that I did. Okay. I think that my social life at the time was more focused on hanging around with friends than chasing guys or girls around town. Yeah, yeah. The type of partying we were doing, there would be very few strangers there, which meant yeah. that there's very limited you know, meeting people and stuff like that. So why, why would you not do the usual thing as a, a red-blooded man? Like, I mean, when you get to a certain age, it's, it's a lot of people are into that kind of, I want this or that. Yeah. And you didn't use, like, I'd rather be with no. friends, have a good laugh, than focus yeah. my attention on girls or boys. Largely. And then also, you know, perhaps I didn't have confidence in my looks. You know, I wasn't at the age, you know, we're talking about the age of, like, 24. Yeah. I wasn't the striking handsome man even then. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, there was <laughs> yeah. all sorts of, fashion skin issues although i was beyond my acne days yeah um i still had a bad like today i still got you know pretty nasty spots and that tell. will always you um, can't tell if you're listening <laughs> you've got a face radio <laughs> you're very kind yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it just didn't suit us it didn't suit us and also maybe i kind of liked being a guy who's like yeah i'm not into it you know whatever yeah yeah i'm just rather hanging out with my mates because people will claim that yeah People often claim that. <laughs> but it's rarely true, and it definitely was for us in our 20s. And that's kind of the same for a lot of us, that all those guys from uh, my mid-20s years, they're still with the same girl they met back then. Wow. That's a bit insane. Yeah. But you, you, you got married quite early on. 
Yeah, I can't remember how old I was, but I got mad. Um, <laughs> she, she made an impression on you then. <laughs> well, then, you know, because it's like, you know, there's a lot of years there, but I got married. In fact, not that it really matters, but um, this past Sunday is my nine-year wedding anniversary, oh. but I'm no longer married anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> so I got married nine years ago, which would be, that would put me... 25? 25, 26, yeah. 27, 25, 27. 26. 27. 27. I'll take your word for it. I don't know. <laughs> We're 36 now. Yeah. I got married take nine, nine years 27. Ago. There we go. That's yeah, it. we'll go with that. <laughs> Basic math. Uh, that was interesting. I got married in Estonia, which was an interesting thing. Um, my ex-wife was, was Estonian. <laughs> I say that, but like, <laughs> well, uh, I that's don't, a big... <laughs> I'm not really sure why else you'd go to Estonia. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well, yeah. yeah. I went for a six-month holiday and stayed for um, close to five years. Wow. And it was very interesting when I moved there first, I went and registered with the Irish embassy. I don't know if that's even a thing, but they they suggested if you're in a place where there's like small um, numbers of your you type. know your type that you're best to, yeah you're best to register with the embassy in case anything happens. Like what would happen? This I got all God Almighty and us. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just Russia is right next door, you know, it's a big thing. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. um, or anything, you know. Uh, but when I got registered at the embassy, they told me that I was the 36th Irish person, you know, to move there. 36? Yeah, there's only 36 of us in the whole country. Oh my gosh. And that's, that's very exciting mind. for Irish people to hear, you know. Yeah, it's like, that's like a know, isn't it? It's yeah. like, <laughs> you get that one and... <laughs> and people assume you're all friends, yeah. which we were. So. <laughs> You went to the groups. Uh, so, did, did, was an Irish bar? Did you find it? Yeah, I worked other? in it. Yeah, it was a legendary spot. It's since closed down, sadly. It was like there 20 years. It was a place called Monty Malone's. Did you and drink them dry? No, no, no. I, like, I, had, I was like king of the bar for a while. And I had, I, like, what a, what a thing to claim. You know, I was the king of, a, a king of an Estonian Irish bar. Fucking hell. <laughs> no wonder you stayed there five years. Yeah, I know. Like, I had a great time. It was very intoxicating yeah. and very, very out there I met some of the best friends of my life and I had this really very unusual you know that type of like Moulin Rouge kind of this time and place is only happening for the people who are there first and it will never ever happen again uh, that was largely my experience living in this I get that vibe from the beach oh yeah exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same vibe yeah oh, wow. so I really had that in Estonia it was like that time the Robert Downey Jr. movie Air America it's I like a lot of weird wild foreigners living in a Weird yeah. and wild land. How do you go with the language barrier? Well, I actually speak a good bit of Estonian. I did? Yeah, I did at the time as well, because although Estonians are very, um, you know, they'll all speak English, and particularly yeah. under a certain age, they'll speak, in many cases, better English than myself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jesus. There's not a lot to compare yourself to there, is there? <laughs> um, so I did, yeah, I got by with a little bit of Estonian, and yeah. it's quite... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, it's a weird one because I speak more Estonian than I do Irish. Yeah. Which is kind of, I should be shamed. Of course, yeah. I mean, can you get, <laughs> give us a bit of like a hello in both languages? Uh, so hello in Estonian is terra or terevist is okay. the formal. Yeah. Uh, and hello in Irish is geoguit. Which, a geoguit? Geoguit, yeah. Okay. Which literally means Jesus be with you. Ugh. Now, if I get that wrong, there are Irish people out there rolling their eyes. <laughs> No, I'm not really sure. The Irish people are going to roll their eyes. They'll be listening to a podcast called Shades Gay. Really? Will they? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> uh, five years uh, later on, you moved to Estonia. You got married to your, your, your lady. Five years later on, obviously, you said that's where it ended. What happened when you came? Did you come back for... 
So we were living in London um, together. It was always a plan to move. We were kind of pretty nomadic people. Like, as I say, I haven't lived in Ireland for close to 12 years. And the mm. idea for the two of us was always to move to London. We moved here, but I don't really think it gelled for her. She wasn't really liking it. Okay. And over the, and then also you impact that with marital issues and okay. just not getting on. One day she just up and went. <laughs> Without you, did you, did you know about this? Um, well, we weren't getting on very well for quite some time. Okay. And I would say that there was a relationship that definitely needed something, um, some needed some help and looking at us. We we never did that. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and to be honest with you, one day can she just kind of up and left? Wow. Um, I came, I came back after a night shift, went to bed, woke up maybe like two o'clock, three o'clock that day, and she was gone. Um, clothes as well, everything, gone. everything, everything gone. Yeah. Wow. Just very a deep sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Clink, clink, bang on shoulder, clink, yeah, clink. Doorbell rings, Uber's there. <laughs> Fucking sleeping. Maybe that's what did it, maybe that's what the problem <laughs> um, Yeah, and that, but like, to be honest with you, it wasn't like I didn't see something like okay. that coming. It wasn't a, a massive shock, although it was a weird thing to happen. It wasn't yeah. a massive shock. It wasn't a massive. Okay, so so um, well, you, are, you are divorced now. Yeah, I'm married, I'm divorced Nine months or so. So, I, you know, it took me forever to get divorced. Yeah, it did. So when I met you, you were saying you had to go back over there, do all this shitty paperwork, which obviously yeah. is not very nice for you. But then when we ever spoke to you, you've, so you've been married, she's left. Then I met you when you're going through all this shit time. And then um, since then, you said you've had... You went out with a transsexual. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you got quite... Well, you got on... <laughs> Several of us, some yeah. kind of hot, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, yeah. I the, yeah, I met this, uh, I dated a, a transsexual girl. She was like Asian, I'm going to say Thai, Filipino of some kind. And she You're going to say? Yeah. You got to know well then? You, not, no, was, regrettably, I didn't get, get, to, <laughs> get, get to know her well enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm she was going to say <laughs> that yeah. part of the world. Yeah, sometimes, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but she was... Yeah, she was really great, and on paper, I haven't told you this too, she was like a figure skater, she was a, a trainee surgeon in town and all this, so... On itself? I hope, I certainly hope not, she was pre-op. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was very interesting, and it wasn't, I wasn't particularly weirded out by that. I mean, I didn't think it one way or another, to be honest. Yeah. I just saw this going out with a person, and who's... I don't know, like, I'm not particularly... Looks aren't something that I'm usually into. I know when everyone will okay. say that. But I really want somebody to be, a, like, a yeah. solid person. And so on paper, for me, if you're a figure skater who's also a trainee surgeon, you're doing well. You're doing well. <laughs> you're doing well. You're doing, you're doing well. <laughs> you can get looked after, can't you? Yeah. Get a sugar mummy or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, so, but when, you, when you're, you met her, you said, tell me earlier that you met her on an app. Yeah, I met her on Plenty of Fish. Maybe, what are we talking about now? This is in timelines again. Four and a half years ago, I'm going to say. Okay, I'm going to put, I'm going to, so I'm going to put, put it out there. Four <laughs> yeah, and a half years yeah. ago, it was <laughs> soon after my ex leaving. Um, okay, so yeah. But how, how does that work then? Do you think that it's because you are bisexual that that kind of thing didn't matter? Because I, for someone, for someone like myself, I've got my own opinions being a gay man, but I want to find out from various people because I know some people that it doesn't matter regardless, pre-op, post-op, whatever. It's the person. There's obviously that thing that's cropping up a lot, which I don't necessarily agree with, is that certain minorities or certain people are becoming a fetish 
which I think is very disregarding to the person themselves because I do know some trans people who, um, you know, they get all the guys they want, but they don't, don't get anything more than the fact that they're being treated like a fetish. Yeah, certainly. I but, think that's... Yeah, go on. I'm sorry. Uh, um, it's really important. You're dead right. Um, yeah. But being a bisexual man, is that because... Is the transsexual uh, thing because you like both people or because you don't look as far as that? Or it doesn't matter to you? Or it's a kink? Maybe no. It's, I would say it's certainly not a kink. I would. That's. That, I think that would be so grubby and like um, really. Uh, it's kind of nasty. I would imagine that if if I met a guy and he said, "Oh, I'm big into a transsexual," because it's kinky. I'm like, "Oh man, just yeah. such a shallow view of it." Like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm. Yeah, it's out there. It's a lot, man. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think it just. I look at the person, and I don't know. Maybe I'm foolish in thinking that. Like a sex organ is, like if it's just a sex organ. If the person that it's connected to is 100% in he or she's mind, a male or a female, and that's just a sex organ on a female. Okay. Weirdly, I'm not, you know, I could be wrong. That's yeah. not a very well thought out <laughs> thing. <laughs> but it sounds okay to me. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what happened there then? You said that unfortunately it didn't, it didn't go as far as you wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't, you know, we made out a couple of times and kissed and it was very, like when I was with her, and we were on our dates, she'd be very, very open about, you know, herself and her setup. And, you know, there was no mysteries yeah. about that. And I think I overegged it. Perhaps I was very um, inexperienced at dealing with burgeoning and new relationships. And I'm fairly certain I messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Just through my own stupidities one way or another. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's a bit of a shame. At least you got the experience there. It's quite nice to have. But you don't, you don't seem to stay single quite long because now you're from that transsexual period not period it's, it's like it's a phase you're going through yeah. but you know, you've had you've had your wife you've had this trans to me it's really fascinating because you've you've grown up your dad's come out you've come out as bisexual you got married to a lady and now you've uh, started going on these apps that you don't particularly like and you've met this trans person and now you're going out with a, a lovely lady and gone out her right proper northern lass as well yes get it <laughs> Northern England or Northern Northern Ireland? In Northern England, yes, from outside Manchester, from Buxton. Oh, Buxton? Yeah, yeah, it's oh, great, it's lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Have, you, have you been up to that? Have you ever been to Blackpool yeah, and stuff? Yeah, many times, yeah, many times. Not as far as Blackpool, but I've been to Manchester a good few times. It's light, I like Manchester. It's good, yeah, yeah. I like the grubbiness and the griminess of it. What? Yeah. Get the fuck out. No, <laughs> it reminds me of Dublin, like, because Dublin is quite, it's quite grimy and it's in a bit of a rough town, you know, you want to have your wits about you. So... To, to my mind, that requires a streetwise mm. kind of person. I suppose it depends where you go. I really like Manchester for the oh, people and that. But you need to get your girlfriend to take to Blackpool. Okay. In season, you know, go around Blackpool, have it's cheap drinks, it's Kiss Me Quick Hats, there's the Europe's largest amusement arcade, and there's Funny Girls. You need to go to Funny Girls. Only like that. Funny Girls? What's, what's Funny Girls? It is, um, there's a TV documentary on it. It's basically a converted theatre slash cinema. And you can have a meal, and you watch all these like lady type boys on stage, and they might do a western show. It might be anything that there is, but they'll do um, a ten fifteen minute segment based on a western show, Broadway show, mm-hmm. and then they'll be DJ. You know, it's a really good fun atmosphere, oh, and that yeah. goes on for a few hours. You can have a meal, you can sit at a table with one of them lights on there, and you can drink your cocktails. Yeah, it's amazing. Go to take you there. The the table with the light on it. That's like that. That's another level of class, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, they're not in this place, love. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's the whole effort of putting... Every week they must have to put new batteries in there. Because there's no way it's plugged into the floor, right? Those uh, lamps on tables. <laughs> oh. 
I've never thought about it's it. It's always been in my head every time I'm seeing. How did I do that? Can I, I put out new batteries? There's, there's, there's a place in. Like, if, have you been to the Dells in London? No. If you go well, into Dells, there's like an entertainment room, and they've got like. I like to say there's telephones in there, but I think I've imagined this. Right. Um, but they've got the lights in there, but they're actual electrified lights. They're not yeah. like Duracell batteries. <laughs> yeah, they're, so they're plugged into the ground, you see them? I think they're just wired into electrics. There's a lot of plugs then. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> maybe it's not plugs. I think it's just wired into... Maybe into the, directly into the ground. International grid. Oh, yeah, but what about the, the table? Went to alive. Everyone like <laughs> spill a drink and you're fucking up and exactly. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, secret girlfriend. I'll I'll find a dandy with that one. So you seem to go from one relationship. I'll try to another. You're not really the kind of person that's going to have one night stands. No, I never had a one night stand. No. as long as I live. Why, why would that be? Um. Uh. Why was that? Why would that be? I mean, lack of pursuing it. I think it's probably the root of it. Yeah, I mean, in order to get a, a or to be in a circumstance where you would want to have a one night stand, you would want to be out there trying in the first place, <laughs> which is something that I never really did. Even when I was like, even though yeah, yeah, newly single or before I met my ex-wife, I wouldn't be out throwing at it at walls, yeah, hoping that some something would stick. Like it was just wouldn't really <laughs> oh be. You've not been to the places I've been to. A lot of things stick. <laughs> 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 Gross. <laughs> uh, just the lack of opportunity never happens. Um, yeah, maybe it's because you're couch surfing all the time. Because you, you said that you literally go from one guy to another, well, one place to another. Couch yeah, surfing. Well, you know, yeah, you're not going to bring someone back there, are you? No, well, exactly. You need to be in the bed with my friend. So I couch surfed in Dublin for quite some time. Although I should say that I was with my current girlfriend at the time. But imagine if I was single. I'm literally spending six months living off the kindness of some of my best mates. You're not. Oh, your mother or my mother. You're not going to you're not going to meet a a, a a person on Tinder and bring them back to my mate's couch. But why 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 were you couch surfing though? What, what made you? Is it because you're a bit of a little sobo type of person? Yeah, well, I just I was uh, I'd been living in London for maybe a year and a half to two years. Just felt like a break. I've got some really great mates in life that I could literally just pack a bag and spend six months hanging around with them and Are you think drinking that? pints. Yeah. <laughs> I say this about my um, I say this about my mother is that you know she and her boyfriend got together whilst I was away. So as far as he, she is concerned, she's a lady without any kids. Yeah, yeah. And even back when I was single, I wouldn't date. I'm not. I'm, this isn't actually true, but for the sake of anecdote, I wouldn't date a chick with kids. Well, uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm joking. You're off <laughs> <I> can, <laughs> no, To be fair, I wouldn't either. So you know. I'd come back and my I hadn't been back living in Ireland for quite some time and I'm very lucky my mother was doting all over me and I could feel the eyes of this other country guy on the um, on the couch looking at me thinking I'm like seriously coming in and jamming up his action like cock blocked him because my mum's house is small <laughs> she's doting over me with sausages he never why planned. sausages I don't know I'm just because it was like, oh okay <laughs> not actually <laughs> have a sausage have a sausage, have a sausage. <laughs> well, I will say on the subject of it, and it's a contentious one, is that Irish sausages are better than um, UK sausages. But anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> no, you can't just, you can't just run it. Why? Um, just, I think it's the quality of the products that are better in Ireland. Okay. It's, there's, there's a couple of things like the eggs are better in Ireland. Okay, I can't really compare sausage because I don't eat meat, but yeah, you know, I've had plenty though. <laughs> um, and th- this guy is a, uh, yeah, my mother's boyfriend is like a landscape gardener. Yeah. And one time, 
um, he'd, my mom had said to me, oh, uh, his name's Willow. He's a very nice man, actually. Willow? Willow, like it was in the Willow tree or like Willow. Oh, if I'm like Buffy the Bank. Yeah, it was similar, yeah. He was, man goes to me, oh, Willow was wondering today if you wanted to go uh, fence posting with him. That's like literally building fence posts. That's exciting. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, ma'am, I'd be well up for that. And she goes, oh, he was, he was going to ask it, but then he changed his mind. He thought maybe he wouldn't like it. And I was like, oh, okay. I was slightly disappointed in that because I'm sure that he thinks I've come back in my, you know, skinny jeans and my pierced nose from London that I'm some <laughs> kind of like, you know, gee bag that I'm not able to drive a fence post, <laughs> which I'm not able to drive a fence, <laughs> fence post. I don't want him knowing that. <laughs> I'd like to see you try, though. I don't want him assuming it either. Yeah, yeah we could manage it. So I'll figure it out. <laughs> It's just it's just wood in a hole, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hammer wood yeah. in a hole. Fine, but you're quite a slim. You got a slim, slender tone anyway. So it's like I can imagine that the wood is actually heavier than you are. Yeah, I, I eat very little. Um, Why? Just because I have a sit down job, and then if I were to eat as much as I wanted to all day every day, I'm very lazy as well. So well, they wouldn't let you out anyway. I, I live. I'm currently <laughs> restricted lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I found that. So as soon as you start sitting down, I used to have. Um, well, you, you, you worked in TV as an assistant director, an AD? Yeah, I was an AD for about yeah. seven years, so that's a lot of shouting at extras, smoking cigarettes and tr- paperwork, throwing paperwork. Oh, you're going back some time if you're smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I'm still smoking cigarettes, I still smoke. No, I'm on about when you're doing your job. I'm kind of just imagine you like on set smoking a fag, shouting yeah. at extras. I, like outside, exteriors and stuff like that. So <laughs> I worked on the Tudors, for example, Yeah, and you could spend an entire week in a jousting ring. Mm. You get this plenty of time to smoke yeah. fags on it. Jousting ring. Uh, I don't know. I've never seen one. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> so I was three seasons on Tudors. I was assistant extras coordinator on wow. that. That's cool. So that's a lot of shouting, a lot of hassle, a lot of stress. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fun. I mean, it's a long time ago. It's, it's, I'm ashamed to say it's almost 15 years ago since I slept on Henry's Cavill couch. You're such a bane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whose cou- who's couch is that? Henry Cavill's couch. I slept <laughs> on his couch after a house party. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Is that what set you off on couch surfing? Yeah, that's what it was. It's my connection to Hollywood that uh, just yeah. kept going for me every time. <laughs> At the time, he was a very small actor. He didn't, he, he yeah. was um, not particularly big. He used to drive himself to set in his own Fiat Panda. Oh, wow. So, I, I remember once when I first started in TV, I was working on uh, Emmerdale, so. Ah. Boring. Uh, and I, was, I, didn't know, I didn't know many people in Emmerdale. And I was on location. It was November, December freezing it was and i was talking to this girl she had uh, this nice red hair blah, blah blah and i was giving it a little bit of this you know a bit of bitchiness or whatever and i went and uh what do you do in production she went no i'm the actress you're talking about oh my words yeah you're in big trouble <laughs> oh yes that's i learned very quickly on that you should never really talk about anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and where's the mic you always you know, keep yourself <laughs> where's the mic yeah, when, you know, one th- the first thing i've told about yeah, when you work in TV, there's always a mic on, so don't bitch about people. Yeah, it's good advice. How many times you hear about people bitching? Eh? Yeah, it's good advice. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> um, interesting experiences. I worked on a few U2 music videos at the time. Yeah. Bono shook my hand and oh. said, good job, Johnny, one time. Good job, Johnny. Yeah, as you knew. Sounds like a lyric, not it? exciting. Good job, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny be good. But then, of course, um, so I'd worked in movies for quite some time, yeah. but then moved to Estonia where they literally, I'm not, it's not even, I'm not even joking. Mm. They don't make any movies there. So that's how I got into TV. <laughs> well, when's the last famous movie that you ever saw from Estonia? Ah, you say that. <laughs> but there was a Oscar-winning uh, Estonian movie, Autumn Ball, in like 2008. It was the toast of European cinema for, for a few days. 
few days. <laughs> <laughs> they have a bunch of movies. There's a very famous Tchaikovsky movie from the 80s yeah. called Stalker. It was from, okay, you know, the high-end arty stuff. Yeah. But like on the TV whilst out there because there was no, uh, yeah. no work. <laughs> so we, we, we've covered the fact that you're a bit of a cow server. You, you're a serial data <laughs> in a polite way. <laughs> You know, you never did the whole going on the apps and finding loads of, of whatever it is. Uh, you are going out with someone now. So where do you see yourself? If you were going to advance yourself five years, ten years, what, what do you see yourself? Oh, my God, man, I have no idea. You know, really. It's weird to say, like, um, I've no, I've no idea, no goal at all. I'll put it this way, for example. If my girlfriend dumped me tomorrow, I could either end up in Boston or Thailand. Like, Why would you go to Thailand? Well, I'd, I'd spend six months on the beach in Thailand just doing nothing. Oh, you're chasing that dream of the beach. Not necessarily. It's just, you know, it's just a notion I have. Okay. I have. I'm not the first person to come up with that idea. Too, <laughs> you know. But then, you know, I could move to Boston where my sister is and have, yeah. you know, that'd be really great. Um, but that's not to say that all my future fantasies are based on my girlfriend dumping me. How can I say? You've already talked about your next girlfriend and what you're going to do when she does dump you. No. Have you, have you <laughs> If you're listening to this, which I kind of guess she is because you've been texting her before you started. <laughs> texting you by accident. You're texting me. <laughs> I, I got a message just saying, we're about to start. <laughs> oh, that's a good job. I've got the record button. <laughs> uh, maybe I think at least between now and the five years, you definitely have to go and get yourself uh, one of the Bioshore HIV testing kits and just see, just for, you know, just try it out. So, any summer fun this year? Festivals, sunshine, partying? Any reasons to check your status? With a BioSure HIV self-test, it really has never been easier. Taking control and knowing your status is simple. Test where you want, when you want, and with who you want. Your easy-to-read result is ready in just a few minutes. No waiting, no fuss, no HIV test is easier. Order your BioSure HIV self-test today. It's delivered next day in discreet packaging and fits through your letterbox. Or pick up in your local Boots or Superdrug pharmacy. Visit hivselftest.co.uk and be sure, be BioSure. hivselftest.co.uk There you are, be sure, be BioSure. That's what you need to be in five years' time, be BioSure. <laughs> it needs to be BioSure. <laughs> I've no, um, no actual idea what I'm going to be in the next five years. I'm <laughs> going to be BioSure, that's for You sure. are going to be BioSure. Yeah, yeah that, if you are listening to uh, the um, Shades of Keith podcast, I do have another podcast called, it's a bit more adult, it's a bit more... T- Bit risque. Yeah, you've mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's called Thirsty Bitch. Now, we've actually got uh, people at Bioshore have given us loads of HIV testing kits to give away. Uh, so, if you go across on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the streaming services, do a search for Thirsty Bitch. Um, and then we are going to be giving away some of these HIV testing kits as well. It's summer fun, really. It's a summer. You know, yeah. the, the way I think about it, some people say, I, I worked for a company recently and they were like, um, you know, I says, oh, can we get Bioshore involved on this and do the HIV testing kit? And uh, they weren't too keen because the sort of a negative. I see things like this as a positive. You know, status, positive. you know, your status, you know, you know your status and you can, hey, go out and have fun. Do whatever yeah. you want. Once you know, they see it more of a, a negative as if to say, you're kind of bringing it down. It's sexual health. Uh, but no, I think it, we're getting up to summer now. We're, the, the heat's finally here in London. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, it's hot. I'm going to party. What are you going to do this summer? Work. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to work. Yeah, you're uh, about to start a new job, aren't you? Yeah, well, new job on Monday, which is a weird thing because it's the job I've been doing for the past seven months. That was yeah. the weirdest job interview I've ever, ever did in my entire life. And what's that? Well, I was interviewing for the job I'd been doing for the past seven months. And yeah, it's like there's a certain amount of 
pottery type of bullshit that you have to put up in job interviews. Yeah. I didn't get that. Did you not? <laughs> I didn't get to brainwash them with how great I am. And like, oh, God. <laughs> Is that how it works? So you're you're going to be working for the rest of the summer. There's no holidays, nothing. Pretty much, no. And no. you take your girlfriend away somewhere. Now you oh, decided she's going to dump you. No. And she's going on holiday herself this Friday. She's like ditching me. I oh. am actually going for a weekend away um, <laughs> my mates in August to Bratislava for a weekend. And I must tell you, my girlfriend is very, very disappointed that I was more interested in organ, not more interested. I would appear to have been more interested in organizing a weekend with my mates in Bratislava mm-hmm. than organizing a, a holiday with her. So what she did was she booked a week in um, somewhere in Gran Canaria with her mates. Oh, I did three days in Bratislava. She's doing seven days in yeah, Gran Canaria. Woman's privilege. Sticking it to me. Don't scorn a lady. <laughs> yeah. You don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. I mean, I'm a gay man. I wouldn't ever mess with a woman. I grew up in a women household. So there you are. Whatever you do, she's going to do a lot worse, love. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I'd just like to say a big thank you very much, Johnny, for joining us on the podcast. It's been very fascinating listening about all your life. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having your me. Interesting, weird life that you've got going on. <laughs> Until now, you thought it was completely normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find it extremely fascinating. Uh, join us again next time. Uh, do subscribe to us on iTunes. It's the uh, Shares of Gay podcast. Uh, and do find us on most of the major uh, podcast streaming services as well. So uh, thank you very much once again. Thank you. And we'll see you again very shortly. Mm-hmm.